Hey everybody, before we get started, I have two five-star reviews I'm going to read. Uh, these were posted on iTunes, or I guess it's called the podcast app. I'm not calling it the... It's posted on iTunes, alright? You don't get to change the name of... Uh, whatever. That's my beef with Apple. Uh, two five-star reviews. This one from last Thursday by 3KJ. Love hearing you each week. Oddly enough, it's my go-to podcast while mowing the lawn. Hashtag dad life. Thank you. I'm just picturing you listening to this while riding on a one of those sexy green John Deere mowers, wearing a dad cap, just spraying a little bit of sunscreen on your forearms so you don't get the melanoma. Keep it going. Uh, the other five-star review was from T.A. Morgata. Amorgat? Uh, I can't say it. Five stars. Can't get enough of this funny guy. Three exclamation points. Thank you very much for your support. If you want to leave a rating and a comment, I will read it right here in the opening buffer. Go to iTunes and do it, and I'll read it. Other than that, I have a new special that's old, if that makes sense. There was an hour that I filmed back in 2015 or 16. I don't remember the year, uh, but it was at the Comedy Underground. My buddy Ruben Rodriguez filmed it, edited it, edited it, however you say edited it. And I never released it. Well, it's getting released this Sunday, November 1st, 5 p.m. Uh, that's uh, Pacific Standard American time. And uh, so go watch it. One warning, it isn't clean. So if you're a stickler for clean content, this isn't that. It's not filthy. Your head's not going to explode. But watch it first before you show the kids or Nana. Uh, no responsibility for any heart attacks. Um... Oh, and there's a fundraiser to go along with this one, just like Modern Mail. With Modern Mail, we raised over $5,000 for the Meals on Wheels program. This one, uh, we will be. Uh, our goal is $5,000 for Toys for Tots. Uh, so, and it will be in the YouTube video. It's one of those fundraisers integrated with the video. So, like right under the information, it will say fundraiser, and you can donate that way. Uh, so, I think that's it. Oh, uh, right after the election, we're going to vote for a new guy, or vote for the same guy. No matter who wins, we're going to have an old man with bad plastic surgery in that Oval Office, just like uh, they intended back in the 1700s. I was thinking about that. That is how they intended this to go down, because our first president wore a powdered wig and a dumb triangle hat, and I think he had teeth made of wood. So here we are a couple hundred years later, and we got two old guys with bad plastic surgery. One of them kind of orange, the other one with the eyelids of an 11-year-old. And uh, either way, we're sticking with tradition. But anyway, after we vote, uh, right before the Civil War starts, I am going to be in Appleton, Wisconsin, performing at Skyline Comedy Club November 7th through the 9th. So if you're in the Wisconsin area, I know it's a big state, but if you're anywhere near Appleton, uh, come have a laugh with me, you know, while uh, while we get to wait for the first shots of Civil War 2.0 to begin. I think that's it. I think that's all I have to plug. Other than that, hit the music. This week in Zoltan. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Welcome to This Week in Zoltan, episode 309, coming at you on a beautiful Wednesday Morning, afternoon, I can't tell. It's fall here in San Diego, which means the sun is uh, its timid, so we can't really tell. 
but whatever. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're alive. I hope you're breathing. Uh, if you're watching this from the beyond, welcome. Uh, you're dead, in case you didn't know. So, hate to be the one to break it to you, but what a better way to find out than me. Uh, before we get started, I want to give a special shout out to all of the people that support me, this podcast, my YouTube endeavors, my career, essentially, all the people that have joined at the cat person level on YouTube. Let me read them out. Linda Roberts, Laura Nystrom, uh, Stephanie M., Julia Vina, Isa Dawn, Ellen Chestnut, Renee Spaulding, Dustin Henson, Craig Rappaport, Sam Marcos, his own, Marilyn Rx, uh, Diane Norton, Laura Rolfson, Annette Bailey, Amari Garrison Quay, Sarah Zanto, all the way in Australia, Alan Nugent, Laura Hornster, Danny Cox. Thank you so much for being a supportive member of what we do here. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Zoltancastis, and look into the join button. You can figure it all out there. Um, three different levels you can sign up at. All right, enough pitching. We're into it. This is my second attempt at recording this because the first one I was upset at something that I'll tell you about after the thing that turned my mood around, okay? This has actually been one of my favorite COVID activities. I've been getting spam emails just like everybody does uh, and I usually ignored them back when life was normal and I had a life to lead, flights to catch, hotels to check into, rental cars to rent, shows to get to, rent to pay, I don't know, regular life. And since all that's over, I've been responding to scammer emails and just been stringing them along as long as I can, as long as I can get to it. And then what I do, right, when I can't take it any further, I send them a very close-up picture of my butthole and I it I don't know how to explain it but it just makes me feel better like I feel better than I did before I sent the picture of my butthole I I can't I don't know if there's any psychologists that listen to this or watch this that can explain to me why that is but I was in a bad mood before I did it and then as soon as I sent it a smile creeped into my face like like the Grinch when he figures out how to destroy the Whoville's Christmas. Just it, you know, the extra crinkles on the side, everything broke out. I know, I love it. The latest one, I keep getting emails um, about people wanting to advertise on my Facebook page for like egregious numbers. It's like, this latest one was like, we'll pay you $3,500 a week if uh, if we can advertise on your YouTube page. And I'm like, perfect. Who wouldn't want $3,500 a week? So I'm like, oh, how does it work? And they're like, oh, you do this? And I'm like, that sounds great. How do you make payments? And they're like, however you want to get paid. I'm like, I'd like to get paid through PayPal. And they're like, we'll pay you through PayPal. And I'm like, this is going swimmingly. And then they go, all we need you to do is sign up through this account business manager on Facebook. And then they send you the link. And then you log into Facebook, and then they steal your Facebook login. I guess that's what they're going after. I would assume. Um, so as soon as it gets to that one part, I click the link, and there's a name on there. Like so It was like a Middle Eastern name, and it was different from the guy that that's name was emailing me. Like The emailing name was Harry something or another, uh, which is kind of ironic because uh, that's what I sent him. I sent him a picture of something Harry. But the guy who emailed me was named Harry, and then the link said, Akash Abar, 
uh, wants to connect with you, blah, 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 something. And I said, hey, why is this email name different from your name? And then he goes, oh, don't worry about that. That's, a, that's, a, that's the name of a Facebook employee. And that's who's connecting us. And then I, I responded with, well, I looked through the Facebook index of employees and I don't see any Akasha Bar, which I didn't. But they don't know what I know and I don't know what they don't know that I don't know that they think I do. If that makes any sense, follow along. So then he responds very short, like, are you going to do it or not? And I go, well, this is as far as I can take the conversation. It is time for the hairy butt pick. So right behind me, I pull my shorts down and I had the lovely Emma zoom in on my camera. We got it in 4K, you know, the good pixels. And we got a nice, close, tight shot of, uh, as Borat would call it, my hairy crumb. And then I, was, and I responded, here you go. Uh, I have done it. And here's the screenshot that you requested, because he did request a screenshot so he could walk me through the steps. And press send. And my heart opened with glee. You know, like the way you watch like volcanoes erupt with magma and lava and whatnot? Uh, that's how my heart felt. It was just pouring out with love. Kind of like the Grinch when he was trying to save all the gifts and his heart grew eight sizes that day or whatever. That's how much my heart exploded with love as soon as I sent send of my hairy butt to a foreign scammer. I'm assuming he's foreign. I don't know. But if you're having a bad day, start talking to some scammers. And then eventually lead it up to sending a picture of your butt, unless you have a good butt. Unless you have a good butt. If you have a good butt, don't send them that, because then they're gonna be like, oh, what a, all right. You have to have a bad butt. You have to have a butt that <laughs> would make a pair of scissors cry. You know? You have to have a butt that even a mother looking at that butt goes, man, that came out of me? You know, make them second guess if you're really your own, that, if, that butt really belongs to them. That's the kind of butt that you need. So if you don't have one of those, go on Google and just image search hairy butts. And I'm sure Google will help you out with something to send these scammers. So that's what made me feel better. What put me in a bad mood was I was watching, I'm tired of these. Uh, there are these hero videos when like there's an animal in trouble and someone goes in to rescue the animal. The reason I have an issue with them is they took the time to set up a camera or find a cameraman. And this latest video I saw was put up by Lad Bible, but I'm sure a bunch of other pages had shared it too. There was a small puppy in a uh, in like a ravine or a canal. This little concrete canal with it was shallow water, but it's a puppy, so it doesn't take much for it to start drowning. And the mother dog was up at the top, like all worried, didn't know how to get down there. And then this dude goes to kind of rescue it while someone's filming it from like a bridge. And it's like, is it, do, did all the heroes die? Was the last hero John Wayne? Was that, was that it? Is everyone dead that's really heroic? Or is the only way to be heroic now is as long as it's documented so you can share it?
It's like every hero has to find a cameraman first or set up their iPhone. Just like, are we in frame? All right, cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go feed this homeless man now that I'm in shot. My name is this. Here's my Twitter handle. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. I also might work in real estate. So buy one of these condos I'm selling because it's been a rough year. And then let me go feed this guy. Just do something good. Because I'm assuming when I watch this video that if there wasn't a camera there that whatever you're saving would have died or that old lady never made it across the street or you would eat something in front of the homeless man instead of just giving it to him. And that goes for other things too. Like every time a parent does something good, like becomes a parent, like, oh, I caught my son stealing, so I'm going to take him back to the store and apologize. Then I'm going to make him wear a sandwich board that says, I'm a thief and a no good. And then I'm going to document it and put it on Facebook. Like, like I feel like our society is all going to need Tommy John surgery from blowing out their elbows, from patting themselves on the back. Like, what are we doing? You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. This is supposed to be done in private. You're supposed to help people and animals just for the sake of helping them. You documenting it makes lets me know that you suck. You suck. I mean, I'm glad you saved the animal, but you suck for trying to get notoriety for it. Like this guy that saved the animal... Uh, save that little puppy in the ravine. He didn't even go into the ravine. It was like a little four-foot drop with this much water in it, and all he had to do was pick up the puppy. He instead, with like a dustpan with a stick on it, went to go try to ladle this thing up like he was trying to scoop out the last potato out of a bowl of soup, and it's like, just get in the ravine! God, take your loafers off, young lady, and get in there. And this was a fella... But take your loafers off and go get this damn dog. I'm watching this going, what is the matter with you? Could you try less? This guy couldn't have tried less to save that dog if he just tweeted about it. If he just went on Twitter and be like, this dog's dying in case anyone wants to come help. I'm just here to raise awareness. That's what got me upset. That's the little piece that got me upset and the thing that made me feel better. Sending a picture of my hairy butt to a scammer. And that's all it takes. It's the little things in life, folks. I think that's what it is. Um, got stuff in my teeth. Because I had breakfast before this. Maybe that's the other thing that made me feel better. I just needed some breakfast. I think that's what it is. Was. Isn't. Uh, what did I watch? Last night I watched Borat. I finally got around to watching Borat. It came out last week. I watched the first 20 minutes. But we started at midnight, and I'm not as young as I used to be, so if we're starting a movie at midnight, if there isn't coffee involved, or something, or if I didn't have a big nap earlier in the day, we are making it about 20 minutes into that movie before I'm unconscious, and that's exactly what happened. So we finally finished Borat, the new one, Borat 2, The Revenge, Borat 2, Civil War, I don't know what it's called, uh, but we finally finished that, and great movie, very funny, uh, just, uh, you know, some people were saying it's not as funny as the first one. Well, which sequels are? You know, how many, se there's very few sequels that live up to the original. Uh, this one, very funny. If the first one didn't come out, and it was only this one, they, people would have laughed as hard at this one as they did the first one. And of course, the world was different 
in 2006. 14 years ago, the world was very different. We didn't hate each other as much for voting for the other guy. Now everything's tooth and nail and everything's football. Everything is a 16-game schedule where you got to win all the games because you got to make the playoffs. And back in 2006, we had more of a baseball mentality. We had 160-something games. You can lose 50 and still make the playoffs. So we were, I think we as America, together, were able to laugh at the original Borat. Even if you were on the side that was maybe getting poked fun at, you could find the humor in it because you knew that you didn't have to you know, break political party lines and admit you enjoyed something. But now things are very different. It's us against them, them against us. And this was the perfect movie to where we could all have a chuckle in our hearts before the Civil War. I was thinking about it. I hope that Americans back in 1861 had something to laugh at before we fought each other for the next four years. I hope. I hope that Union and Confederate soldiers had something. Whoever the Bob Hope was back in 1860. So now we have, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen and a bunch of other comedians. But back then, whoever the Bob Hope was of 1861, I hope he had a killer stand-up special that was, you know, typed up and telegraphed (laughs) to all of the soldiers, both on the Confederate and the Union side. And I hope they had a butt-gusting laugh before they went into a five-year war. Because it definitely feels like it's going that way. Very much enjoyed the movie. Uh, I don't think Rudy Giuliani was playing with his junk. Although it looked that way. I think that's just how old people tuck their shirts in. And I'm not a fan of Mr. Giuliani. Just in case anyone's thinking I'm saying that because of that. I'm not a fan of the guy. But I used to work at a retirement home. And so I've watched old people adjust their clothes in the most creative ways possible. And that's, I think that's just how old people tuck their shirts in. Was he creepy? Yeah, he came off creepy. Old men talking to young women looks creepy all the time. It just does. It just does, for whatever reason. Old men, like, some take any dude in their 70s and you have him talk to, like, a... Uh, a 15-year-old girl or a 20-year-old girl, you're just like, oh, I don't like this. Unless that's your grandfather, I don't approve. And I don't know why, but it's just old dudes come off creepy. It's in their nature. It's just natural. It's their, you know, it's it's them in their natural habitat. It's just what they look like. So I don't think he was playing with this junk. In the same vein that I don't think... I mean, I don't know for sure, I wasn't on this Zoom call, but Jeffrey Tubin from the, the New Yorker, I believe, he got in trouble because uh, his genitals made it onto a Zoom call. I don't think he did it on purpose. I think he was just too old for technology. And I think that's kind of what happened here. Giuliani was a great example that old men are naturally creepy around young women. And Jeffrey, just like Jeffrey Tubin is a great example that eventually we age out of technology. I'm 33 years old. I already feel it. You don't know how many times I have to ask my soon-to-be 29-year-old girlfriend how to do something on my phone, on the computer. How do you screenshot from a laptop? That was a question I asked. How do you screenshot from a Mac? And then she goes, you idiot, it's this and this. And I already forgot it. 
and I'm 33. So imagine in 30 more years, 63. And I think Giuliani's older than 63. I don't know how old Tubin is, but in 30 more years, as technology advances and I stay this dumb, I'm my my butthole and genitalia are going to end up accidentally on some kind of phone call or text message. Something's going to happen. I mean, I'm already sending bare pictures of my buttocks to scammers. You don't think that's going to come back and bite me in the ass? No pun intended. You don't think that's going to happen? And and this is how I like this is my proof for it being nonpartisan. My opinion is I believe Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, reflects on the left side of politics and Giuliani definitely on the right side of politics and I think deep down both these guys were innocent. Giuliani's creepy because Giuliani is an example of all old men around young women. They're creeps. Just naturally creepy. Every movement they do is ugh. And it's because they're starting to look like skeletons. That's just what happens. Old men specifically just start to age into their skeleton, but they're still alive, so it's weird. It's like the Crypt Keeper. You know, he'd pop in in the 90s, he'd be like, oh, I'm gonna tell you about the show, and you're like, is that guy dead? Is he alive? What's really going on? That's what old men look like. Old women age better, I think. They look less like skeletons in their later, later years. And so Giuliani couldn't help it. He just looks like a creep. And that's how he's got to untuck his pants because he's old. He's got a gut. He doesn't have the spine dexterity that someone like me does or someone like you. So he's got to do it. <laughs> and it looks like he's doing something else. I don't think he was. But Jeffrey Tubin, he's just, he outlived technology. He outlived his understanding of modern technology. Because why would you do it? Why would you do it? What's the point of that? Being on a Zoom call and just... And also, if, if like the people on the Zoom call were offended by it, how long do you stay on? Come on. How long did you... I mean, you could just close the laptop and go, I don't want to be a part of this, but you stayed on? At this point, like the way... I think they suspended him, which I guess, you know, he shouldn't be sent to sensitivity training. He should be sent to like a... Uh, Senior citizen learn to use a computer class. Is that still around? Something like that at a community college, where you got to go in and be like, "Oh, I, I don't know how to do computers good," and then they, you know, slowly walk you through everything. I think he needs that for Zoom. I think that's all he needs. I don't think he meant anything by it. I was thinking about the Jeffrey Tubin thing. He had a Zoom call. He didn't realize he was on it. He thought his camera was muted and his mic was muted. None of that was the case. And then he went on a different tab. And some people say, apparently the story was he, was he was playing with his giblets at the time, maybe watching something on a different screen, and he didn't know it. And to put that in perspective, I think what happened to Jeffrey Tubin is kind of the same idea if you're walking around your house naked and you're picking up something in the back porch, like maybe you're bending over to pick up your cat at the back porch door, and then you turn around and you realize your front door is wide open and all the neighbors up across the street just saw up your birth canal. I think that's kind of what happened to him, but on, on, on the computer, in a way, if that analogy makes sense. This could have happened to any one of us. And if you're around my age or younger, this will happen to us. Something. My mom is just like your mom. 
when we FaceTime, it's too close to her face or her eyes are out of it, so I'm just talking to her forehead for some reason. We age out of technology. It's happening. It's happening to me actively. I can't imagine in 30 years, 40 years. In 50 years, I hope I'm dead. But with the way medicine is going, I mean, if we don't find a cure for this corona, maybe that'll take me out. But with the way medicine's going, we're going to live for a very long time. And every year that I live past where I'm supposed to die, I'm going to outlive technology and I'm just going to keep accidentally <laughs> showing off parts that nobody should ever want to see. Poor Jeffrey Tubin. Poor Giuliani. Still a funny movie. See, you can be on both sides. I don't like him politically, but I thought the movie was funny, but I also don't think he was uh, trying to show off his good and plenties to a 15-year-old girl. Say what you will. Um, I don't know. I feel like slowly we're getting back to normal. Uh, especially here in San Diego. I got two parking tickets last week. Two parking tickets. And... Not being able to park anywhere down here downtown really made downtown feel like it wasn't downtown. It just did. I was like, there's people parked in like handicapped spots on red curbs for days. Just park there. No one was messing with you because there's a worldwide pandemic. But just last week, they started giving out tickets and I got two of them. One day, bam. And then the next day, bam, got another. And it's, it almost gave me this nostalgic feeling of old times. And it actually warmed the cockles of my heart a little bit. Just a little bit. I'm like, okay, we are definitely closer to getting back to normal than we were three months ago. Than we were six months ago. We're baby stepping back to normality. And one of those steps was me getting two $52 parking tickets. Which when you pay online, they add on another $3.50 service charge. Because they don't want to eat the processing fees of your credit card company. And that's just what they do. And I pay both of them, both with my American Express card, so I can get them Delta miles, baby. Hell yeah, first class, every now and then. At least uh, Delta Comfort, hopefully, all the time. But it's baby steps. I feel like we're slowly getting back to normal. And it makes me feel good. I think we should be aware of that. Because this whole situation is depressing and saddening, but we gotta be aware, we have to be vigilant of the little things the little baby steps that we're making as a society to get back to normal, because I believe it's happening. And I believe last week I paid $100 to watch that happen. Over $100. $110. For parking in a place where they had to street sweep. In a street that still looks filthy. After they street sweep. I know it sounds like I'm being low-key upset about it, but I'm not. I'm not. We're slowly getting back to normal. It's just taking a little time. Um, what else did I have written down? Oh, Los Angeles. Uh, they, the Dodgers won the World Series, and they also won the NBA championship. In case you needed more reasons to dislike the city of Los Angeles. Couldn't those people need a win? Yeah, I guess they need it. Um, Unsolved Mysteries is out. Uh, that's my big YouTube recommendation. Go watch Unsolved Mysteries. They just released six new episodes. Here's the downside of the new episodes that have been released on Unsolved Mysteries. These mysteries are really unsolved. Like, they got nothing. Like, the first six episodes they put out, they're like, we think it could be these three suspects. Like, each story 
had at least somebody that they're like, we think it's this guy, but we don't have enough evidence that it's this guy. Maybe if you help out, you can get us the evidence that we need to arrest that guy. This season, they got nothing. Dude, one of the episodes, I think uh, first or second, one of the episodes, they don't even know the name of the victim. They got nothing. They got this lady who died in a hotel room, and they're like, we don't know who she is. We don't know where she came from. Somehow in 1995, this lady got a hotel room without a credit card, without identification. All she had to do was fill out like one of those registration cards, which anyone my age has never done, unless you're staying at some creepy old bed and breakfast where they still give you a key for your hotel room. And that's the only information they had, and the name she wrote down was fake, the address she wrote down was fake. And they got nothing on her. Apparently she killed herself, but it looks like a murder. Could be a suicide. That's how much they don't know. They don't even know if it was a murder. They don't know if this lady was killed. They don't know if this lady killed herself. They don't know who did it. They don't know who she is. They don't have a victim. They got nothing. They got nothing but a haunted hotel room in Sweden or whatever the hell this happened. Norway. It was in Oslo, so Norway. Uh, They got nothing. And that's pretty much... That episode sets the tone for the entire season. And then there's that other one. They got that old guy that walks off. They don't even know where he was. They found his body in the dump. They're assuming he got murdered. But they didn't even know if that guy got murdered. They're like, he could have fell asleep in a dumpster, and then he got crushed in the garbage or something. They got nothing. They got an episode about ghosts. That was the least creepy episode, once again. In the first six episodes that they released on uh, Unsolved Mysteries... The, they had one on alien abductions, which is actually the least scariest one. Because the other ones were like psychopathic murderers, and you're like, oh my god, this could happen to me. And then the only uplifting one was the idea of aliens coming and just taking us off this planet, which seems to be heading towards the apocalypse. And the same with the new six episodes they put out. The least creepy one was about ghosts. It was about all the ghosts that are walking around Japan since the tsunami hit back in 2011. And they're just lost souls. And I'm like, is there anything less scary than ghosts? Like, that's something... I used to be terrified of apparitions. Of uh, Are there other words for ghosts that I can use? I used to be scared of them as a kid. That would keep me up at night. Oh, aliens, ghosts, death, murder, demons. Ooh, and now... I'm like, there are so many evil bastards walking around totally fine in regular society that ghosts are almost laughable. Like, what are you going to do? Come out and kind of appear and then walk through me, maybe ask a question? You're just lost. Being scared of ghosts is like just being scared of a tourist coming up going, is that A Street up there? Because that's all they are. They're just lost apparitions. They don't know they're dead and uh, spirits, that's the other word I was looking for. That's the other word for ghost. Um, but yeah, I, I think the only issue I had with the new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, other than the fact that this, these six episodes, they really have nothing to go on. Like these detectives, these cops, they screwed the pooch so hard on getting any sort of evidence. They're like, it could have been this guy, it could have been that guy. He might still be alive. This body might not be his. And by this body, I don't even have an identity for this body. We have nothing. I'm telling you. Nothing on nothing. Please help. Call this number. Please. Um, the only thing other than that that upset me 
was the uh, Japanese episode with the tsunami ghosts. Uh, once again, subtitles. What happened to dubbing? Does, does anyone remember that? Is anyone... You remember, like, not that long ago when watching a movie you didn't have to read? Or when watching an interview with someone who didn't speak your language, you didn't have to read their response? Does anyone remember watching TV and not having to read? For the love of God, does anybody remember not having to read when you're doing an activity instead of reading? Like, that's the whole point of TV is to not have to read. Show me the story. I will absorb it through the words that the characters are saying and the video you're showing me, and that's how you're showing it to me. Instead, now I got to read what someone from another country is saying. What happened to overdubbing? Do you remember that? We used to dub over non-English speakers, and I'm sure they did that in other countries when some... Redneck was going, wah, fada, ora. And then they're like, well, we got to dub this in Japanese so Japanese people know what the hell this, this lunatic's saying. What happened to that? Did dubbing get me too? Was it somehow cultural appropriated? Uh, <laughs> what happened? To, why am I reading? None of us should be reading while watching TV. None of us should be reading on that thing. Unless you're one of those, unless you're one of those people that has the captions on, which I think you just need your hearing checked, or you need to turn it up a little. There shouldn't be any reading on that thing. There should be none. Anytime someone speak, if I'm watching a foreign film, overdub it with some English speakers. Yeah, their mouths aren't gonna match up. I get it, but you know what? It's better than reading, because this is what I like to do. I like to put something on on Netflix and fall asleep to it. And meaning, when I close my eyes, I still want to follow along with the story. So I can hear it, but I can't do that if it's they're speaking another language and you won't spend the other thousand to five thousand dollars to get someone to narrate this stuff in English. Get it together, Netflix. Ten bucks a month with 195 million subscribers. You guys make billions of dollars a month. Use a little bit of that and hire someone to overdub this. Why am I reading? If I'm reading, I want to smell that book. If I'm reading, I want to feel the pages, turn the pages. I want to screenshot quotes out of it and put them on Instagram. I want to do Instagram stories with my book to show off to my friends going, look, I'm cultured, I'm reading. I don't want to read if I can't show it off. Come on, Netflix. Step it up a notch. What else did I have here? Pat Robertson from the 700 Club. Uh, he said that he talked to God and people still listen to him after he said that. But he said he talked to God, and God said that Trump will win the re-election, and it will be the beginning of end times. Uh, that, does anyone else feel that's unnecessary? And I, I don't even think it's going to have to be Trump that wins, but I just think after this election is already the beginning of end times. I don't think you had to talk to God to know that the apocalypse feels like tomorrow, or that it started yesterday. That seems like overkill. That's like reaching out to Elon Musk to help with your kid's science project. Like, you could just Google it. You could just go on YouTube. You could just figure it out yourself. Pat Robertson went to the highest authority to find out the most obvious things. How many times do you think Pat Robertson has hit up God for, like, how to spell a word that he didn't want to look up in a dictionary? 
How do you spell restaurant, God? I always mess that one up. I feel like Pat Robertson's that kind of guy. Like, dude, hey, Pat, look around. You don't need to talk to the man in the sky to find out that this is the end times. And also, why does God care about the election? Is that how he started it? Is that how Adam and Eve were put on the planet? They had an election and those two were elected to start the world? No, he doesn't care about elections. And you don't need to talk to, uh, to God to find out the world's ending. I don't need to talk to Elon Musk to see how I'm supposed to plug in my iPhone. I don't need to email Zuckerberg because I don't know how to reset my Facebook password. There's other ways. You don't have to go to the top every time. Although I would like to go to the top of AT&T and ask, where are my damn gift cards? That's a different episode. I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. What else did I have here? Talked about Tubin. Well, I read an article about Glow, which was a great show on Netflix about 80s professional wrestling. It was the first all-women's wrestling organization. I think they've had four seasons. Mark Maron's on it. Great show, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Very funny. Um, very 80s. And uh, there was an article that got posted that said uh, a lot of the minority actresses didn't like their racist stereotypes and didn't like that their stories weren't the top of the, you know, they were always the B story. The A story was always surrounding the white actresses and actors, and their stories were always B stories, and they were always revolved around their race. And I found that really interesting because that sounds exactly like the same gripes professional wrestlers had in the 80s behind the scenes. It's like... That show gets praised for how close to real life to professional wrestling they made that show. And I don't think they realized it, but they actually made it so real life that the actresses on that show have the same beef behind the scenes that the actual pro wrestlers did in the 80s around that same situation. Now, I don't know if that wrestlers in that time had a problem with their racial stereotype characters. I believe they did. But... I watch a lot of like pro wrestling interviews from guys back in the day, and they definitely have an issue with uh, their spot in the card. So that means like in a wrestling card, you have the main event, you have the semi-main event, and then like the opening matches in the middle or in the middle mid card, and then the opening matches down here. And they're pretty much complaining about they're not the top storyline in each episode. They're like the B storyline, and they want to be up here. And that's every pro wrestler's gripe. Every pro wrestler is like, I want to be in the main event. I could have been in the main event, but because of politics, because of nepotism, maybe because of race, I wasn't allowed to be. And then here we are, 30 years later, on a show about 80s pro wrestling, and the actors and actresses have the same exact gripe. I'm being typecast because of my race, and I don't like my spot in the show. I should be up here, but I'm down here, and I think it's because of race, or this, or that, or the other. Man, that show nailed it on the head. Glow is so good, they even got the backstage issues correct. And if there is any more reason that Glow deserves another episode, or another season, I mean, that. It is spot on. All those actresses kill it. Mark Maron's great in it. The wrestling, the way they uh, show the actual wrestling moves, those those actors and actresses had to go learn. Uh... Chavo Guerrero Jr., who is from the famous Guerrero wrestling family, is the 
choreographer for all the moves out there. So he taught everyone how to do the thing and make it look good. It's accurate and it's spot on. And even their backstage drama is true to life to the backstage, backstage drama of pro wrestling. It's perfect. What do we have to do to get it another season? Does Netflix care? Or are they too busy giving us more episodes of Unsolved Mysteries where they have nothing? They got no leads. No witnesses. No identities of the victims. They don't even know if this lady killed I can't. Watch the six episodes. Go watch the six episodes of the of the newest Unsolved Mysteries and tell me that they put in they put in a lot of work on production, but they got nothing. They don't know who did it. I think that's the show for this week, you guys. We did it. We made it through. That is my second attempt at recording it. You don't know that, but I still felt the need to let you know. I hope you have a great week. Uh, don't forget Dancing with Drunks, the new special that I'm putting out that I filmed years ago, is going to be debuting this November 1st, Sunday, at uh, 5 p.m. San Diego Pacific Standard Time. It's not clean. It's also not filthy. You'll be fine. And there's a fundraiser for Toys for Tots that goes along with it. And I will be in Appleton, Wisconsin, right after the election, November 7th through the 9th, Skyline Comedy Club. Get your tickets for that. Other than that, be good. And, uh, you know, go vote. Go vote. What are you doing? Go vote. Just do it. And if you're not going to vote, here's a life hack. Just tell people you did. They're not going to check. You want to stay out of that argument of someone hounding you to go vote? Just tell them you did. And then, if they're like, you can tell which way they lean politically, tell them you voted for that guy. There's ways to get out of confrontation in life. I'm going to go vote. I know who I'm voting for. And I know what I'm going to do. But if I wasn't going to vote, and someone's like, are you going to vote? I'd be like, yeah, I already did. And then they're like, who'd you vote for? I'll look at their bumper sticker and go, that guy. I'm on your side. Buy me a beer. Lie, everybody. Little white lies just to get you through life. Because at the end of the day, they're all throwing dirt in our face. Have a great week. And, uh, you know, ciao, I believe. I believe ciao.